This is the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast. Once you see somebody doing five a year, 10 a year, 15 a year, you're like, man, if they can do it, why can't I do it, right? Well, that's pretty much my mentality. You're listening to the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast, where we discuss tangible tips, tricks, and best practices for becoming financially free. The show is designed for people who want to either start real estate investing or for those who want to scale their real estate business. What's going on, everyone? This is Jonathan Farber, your host of the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast. I hope you're all well and healthy. For any first-time listeners, thanks for being here. The goal of this show is to explore ways to become financially free through real estate or to increase passive cash flow through real estate. A little background on myself, I work in corporate America at a software company. My side hustle is real estate. I currently own eight rental units and looking to add more this spring. I have house hacked, bird, flipped, and done short-term rentals to name a few strategies. My current focus is 20 to 30 unit apartment buildings in Ohio and Kentucky. I love to network and learn. So if you'd like to connect further, feel free to find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or BiggerPockets. Let's get to today's show sponsor. After building my own portfolio, speaking with over 100 investors on this podcast and many more from the Facebook group, I've noticed a few common themes of why people don't get started or remain successful in real estate. They don't have the right team, they aren't sure of their market, or they don't know where to find deals. The people at Martel Turnkey are fixing this. That's why they offer fully turnkey properties in markets where the numbers actually make sense. What does this mean? It means they buy properties at a discount, fix them up, put a tenant in place, and oh yeah, I give you options for property management or financing. They have people on the ground in cities where you can still cash flow and see appreciation every single month. I'll say it as simply as this. When you have the right team and systems in place, there's no reason not to get started. If you like a property or have any questions, you can schedule a phone call by clicking on the link below or going on their website and clicking on the contact tab to set up a call. There is no hard sell, push, or commitment needed. The call will be there to answer any questions you have or to see if or how their products might be a good fit for you and what you're looking for. So visit martelturnkey.com and click contact or send an email to info at martelturnkey.com today. What's up, guys? Got a great episode today with Javier Hinojo. He is based in Raleigh, North Carolina, and just thinks huge. He's done 300 units, or he's added 300 units of apartment buildings in the last 1.5 years and has done tons of flips. He's done up to 50 uh, to 75 flips a year before he got into the multifamily space. And he's just doing a lot of cool stuff. Like when he jumps in, he jumps in with two feet. And that's something that I think we can all learn from. So that's part of today's main learning. But the other part of today's main learning is that he didn't do it without help. He didn't do it without teaching. He talks about on the show how he had coaches, mentors, masterminds that he paid for, and clearly wouldn't have been where he is today if he didn't have. He says in the show that he's probably paid for up to $100,000 in paid education or coaching. And this is from someone that doesn't read a lot of books, but he sees the value in modeling or following people's footsteps that have been successful before him. And he's a clear example of that because now he's been able to jump in and compress the time that it usually takes people to get to 300 units or 400 units to little under a year and a half. So it's really amazing. Today's tangible tip. He gives a great analogy in this episode. So I figured it'd be good to use for this tangible tip, which is 25% of a watermelon is better than 100% of a grape. And what he means by that is you'd rather have a portion of something that's going to make a lot more money and have other people serving in roles that they're great at than trying to control everything yourself, 
and having a very small piece <clears throat> or a small deal rather than having a small piece of something bigger. And it's just a really good point because it's something I see with a lot of investors getting started. I definitely felt this way when I was getting started that I wanted to control everything. I wanted to manage the whole deal. I wanted to be able to tell people it was my own deal. I didn't have any partners. And you know what? It's a mistake. And I realized that the more people I talk to and the more investors that I see are successful or fail, and it's about having a team and having the right people in the right seat, doing the right thing at the right time. So he is a perfect example of that he's a big picture thinker. <clears throat> He knows what he's good at. He knows who he needs to bring onto his team. And he knows that there's no shame in giving parts of deals away if it means you can get the deal done as opposed to not doing it at all. So that's today's tangible tip. Great episode today with Javier Hinojo. Javier, what is going on, man? I'm excited to have you on this podcast. How are you doing this morning? Hey, man, I'm doing well. He got me up at 5.30 in the morning. So I'm like, all right, let's do a podcast. After after I ran for two hours, I ran for an hour and I worked out for 45 minutes and I meditated for another 30 minutes. I'm ready for my podcast. I'll say you are usually, <laughs> usually started uh, a little bit later. So it's actually great to get these kicked off in the morning, man. And uh, it says something about you because a lot of people, they, they need later in the day. So they're not rocking as early as you. So anyway, Javier, uh, I'm excited to have you on, man. I got some topics to talk about. I'm, I'm excited for a bunch of reasons, but you're, you're local to Raleigh. You're not necessarily investing in Raleigh, but you're doing deals that are really interesting, different sizes, different building types. And it seems like you've taken on a ton in the last year and you got some big goals, which again, I don't really see that often locally. So we'll dig into all that. And that's, that's really from a high level why I'm excited to have you on. But for those that don't know you or haven't had a chance to check out your story yet, you mind just giving a quick background on how you got into real estate and then from a high level, what you do today. I appreciate, appreciate your time. Um, um, it's a pleasure to be here. So um, how do I get started? Roughly, actually about exactly five years ago, maybe give or take a couple of months, get a buddy of mine, he's a chiropractor. And he said, hey, Javier, let's go to this, uh, this uh, meeting for real estate. You know, it was the rich dad, poor dad. And uh, sure enough, I don't like to waste my time. So I, I love to drive myself because if I don't want to be somewhere, I like to just leave, right? And first thing I should have noticed is that he picked me up. I'm like, man, why is he picking me up? I'll just drive myself to Durham, you know? I lived in Raleigh then. But he picked me up because he knew that I would have probably left. Like after an hour, I was like, man, let's go, man. I'm going to sit here for, he told me it was two, uh, two hours long. It was three days long. <laughs> so he totally lied to me. And... Uh, picked me up and I couldn't leave, right? Um, I don't even know if I had done Uber then. Uh, maybe I had an Uber, I don't remember. But, uh, you know, I was just kind of hooked, right? I just saw the big picture. Um, I didn't really need the, like the motivation and all that stuff. Like, hey, you know, your legacy, what are you gonna do with your family? You know, usually that's all they, you know, they, it's motivation, right? Like, you know, they get you emotionally. Um, I just wanna know, okay, I can do this. Tell me what to do, right? So we ended up paying the 30, 40 grand, something like that. And then we got some classes. And that's how I got started. Started flipping houses. We flipped our first house uh, in uh, Cary. Um, took us about five months. We made about 17 grand between the both of us. And we're like, man, you know, if we're going to do this big scale, then, you know, 17 grand is no money, right? I'd rather just have a job. Um, so we started scaling from there. Um, so we worked together for about two years. Then he went to do a development in the beach for uh, like, um, Kind of retirement development where he's going to be the physician there so he he went his way i went my way and um just just fast forward to my single family we're flipping over 50 properties a year and then we had about you know seven, uh, 80 plus assignments every year um that we would do as well 
Um, so it was, uh, I started first flipping and then started wholesaling. Uh, first property I ever sold to, I sold it to a porn star. Uh, yeah, yeah, she, she, she lives in Cary, by the way. Um, it's a funny story, but uh, we can talk about that later. I didn't know that existed. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's actually she's actually from uh, from the area, but she lives in LA and Cary. All right, local celebrity. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you did some business with her. All right. No, 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 but the guys wanted to. Anytime she called because there was something wrong, everybody wanted to go over. <laughs> so uh, there was the other. Anyways, we we had to give it back to fridge, and everybody was fighting to take a fridge back to somebody's house. I'm like, wow. Anyways. So story for another podcast, but go ahead. So no, anyway, just that that's hilarious. But but keep us going. So yeah, I have some questions about uh uh the beginning, the the single family days, but just walk us through from a high level that quick progression from then still up until now of okay. sure to what you're doing now. Um I joined a couple of masterminds. Um I, I you know, I know there's some folks that are fairly new, some people have been, you know, listening to your podcast. Um, I think joining uh, some kind of coaching program or uh, like a, a mastermind or there's actually where there's people there like doing like I thought I was doing a lot. Right. And then I go to this mastermind and I'm sitting there to a guy that's flipping 20 properties, 25 properties a month. Right. I'm like, Holy crap. That's, you know, that's that's a lot. And then next on my right side is the owner of New Western, which they wholesale like 20,000 properties a year. Right. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Right. I'm mean, I just I'm going I'm, I'm nobody here, right? I'm the smallest fish. Um, so you got to hang out with people like that because, you know, they'll stretch you. So that's what really, as soon as you believe, right? As soon as you believe, that just changes your whole, you know, the way you look at everything, right? So all I had to do was believe, like, man, I can flip 10 a year. For me, flipping one a year was like, oh, I got to do first one. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had to say, I, I'm like, I got to raise 15 grand for the first property. How am I going to do that? That's a lot of money. You know, I didn't, you know, it was $15,000 I had, I had raised for the first one. I needed I didn't have enough. And, um, but once you see somebody doing five a year, 10 a year, 15 a year, you're like, man, if they can do it, why can't I do it? Right. Well, that was pretty much my mentality. And about last year, roughly 10 ish, 10 months ago, 11 months ago, uh, was that another mastermind and my wife and I were getting, she was there with me and, uh, we wanted to, you know, go ahead and start flipping 200 a year, 250 a year. And, um, you know, after that meeting, just talking to everybody that's doing like killer things in real estate. I told my wife, I don't want to do this. And she looks at me like, what? You know, she's like, yeah, I, I, let's just sell everything. And let's just do like multifamily, you know, mobile home parks, just some commercial real estate. You can scale so much faster. You can make so much more money. Just, just a better, I, I'm just tired. Of, I'm just tired of the flipping. Right. It's not, it wasn't, I was actually scaling to unhappiness. If that makes sense. I wasn't really enjoying it. So somebody said that one in one of my meetings and that stuck to me, you know, don't scale to unhappiness, make sure you're happy. And I wasn't happy. I wasn't really enjoying it. Heck, I was, um, you know, I was making good money, right? But I just didn't enjoy it. So yeah. my wife looks at me and she just smiles and she, all she said was, how much time do you need, right? And, uh, and I said, okay, great. So she's, it's a green light. So, so tip number one, you know, your, your spouse, your significant other, your partner, whoever you're in business with or whoever you share your life with, make sure they're on board. Um, it'll make it a lot easier. So, and don't mind my kids in the back because they're going to make a bunch of noise. All good, man. Um, so, it, yeah, so that was it, right? And then I turned to multifamily and then I told myself, uh, I'm going to buy a property. It was last year. It was like around September-ish, October-ish. I said, I'm going to buy an apartment building by the end of the year. And December 3rd, I closed on a 63 unit. I had no idea how I was going to do it or any, you know, anything really, right? 
and then we closed in a 63 unit and then we closed a 72 unit. We just closed a 208 unit. Um, and then we got a 116 unit mobile home park. We buy in about 10 days. And then we have a 336 unit that we buy. Hopefully everything works out and we close on it mid-December. So basically you went from 63, then I went to 72. So I doubled and then I went 200 and about 208. So I just, no. So then, then I, I, I kind of tripled, right? So I had hundred now I had 343. I'm buying a one, 116 and a, a 336. So I'm going to double again, hopefully by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, um, it's pretty neat. Um, that's why I like commercial multifamily just because you can definitely scale. All right. So that's where I think the focus of this conversation is going to be because from what you've been posting, I haven't seen anyone doing deals this size this quick. So what I'd love to do in the next section is just dig into the mechanics of those, dig into sure. and setting them up. But before we do that, I want to talk about the first one that people Let's say, and, and I guess what, what I'm hoping we can get out of it is it's, it was 62, 63 units, but maybe what you did, someone could apply to a 15 unit or a 10 unit that they're thinking of, how do I get into this game? And maybe they'll scale to bigger. So for that first deal, can you take us through the, the nuts and bolts of it, how you found it, how you funded it, what you did in it? Like who's, who did you bring in? Did you have partners? Was it yourself? Like what were, what were the high level? Yeah. Yeah. So look, the very first one, right. Um, you know, I I had to take some coaching, some training, you know, so I just didn't go on it like totally blind. Right. So I had a general idea or a roadmap. Right. So, um, you know, a single family, you, you do a couple of bad deals, which I did plenty of those. Um, you, you might lose 20, 30, 40 grand or whatever. Right. But if you do a bad, big commercial deal, you lose, if half a million, a million dollars, you know, I mean, you're pretty much done, right? Unless you have some deep pockets. Yeah. So um, try to find someone who's done in the past, you can partner with, kind of come come along. And even if you don't get much equity, that's fine, but you get to learn how to make the sausage, right? So I just want to help raise some money, um, uh, whatever whatever I could do, right? Uh, so my, my friend uh, Jennings, he's out in South Carolina, you know, they sponsored the loan. They did a lot, most of the work. And I just kind of tagged along, you know, for the ride you know, whatever they needed me to do. So that's the one that got the smallest percentage in. But after you do pretty much one, everything else is, all the other ones are the same. 80% of the process is the same. You'll have about 20% that changes, right? Maybe the deal just 20% different from the last one. But 80% of it is the same, right? And you get better at it every single time. Yeah. So, you know, then moving forward, you know, on, on, the, on the 72 unit, right? Um, you know, I have a partner, he's in Houston, you know, him and I raised the money that we needed to. Uh, it wasn't that much. It was like 700 K. Um, for the one in South Carolina it was about 1.3. Um, the one here in North Carolina was about 700 K. Um, and then we just, we actually bought it cash, right? He put some of his money. I put some of my money, you know, we just, we just had to buy it cash. We didn't have time for a loan. Um, and that one pretty much him and I own the most portion of that, right? We own like 80% of it. Um, that apartment building, right? Yeah. Um, and then the last one we bought, the 208 unit. Um, you know, we raised 2.3 million, and we found a deal. We found the last two deals, right? We found the one in uh, North Carolina and the one in uh, Tulsa. We we found our our marketing team, our sales team found those deals. So if you can find a deal, you know, you can stay in it, right? Just by bringing a deal, right? You can raise money. You can put your money in it, right? You can say, hey, look, I'm local. I'll be boots in the ground. You know, there's a lot of different ways. Hey, I got a high net worth. Um, I'm very liquid. I might not have experience, but I'm liquid. Um, you can partner with somebody with experience and you can get a loan, right? So there's there's a lot of ways to do it. So just 
again, making it making it as understandable for the beginner that's wondering like how does someone add 63 units or 72 units or 208 units? So what in, in these deals, maybe it's changed from deal to deal or maybe it's been consistent, but like what has been your role in these deals? Um, let, me, let me ask you the first question. So um, I, I probably didn't answer it properly the first time. Look, so if you're gonna buy like a 10 unit, right? And it's gonna cost you, I don't know, half a million bucks, right? I don't know. Yeah. Um, you're gonna bring in maybe 20 to 30% of the down payment, right? So say you gotta bring 150K. So if you got 50K, well, go find two buddies that got 50K a piece and you partner up and you own it, you split it three ways, mm -hmm. right? Or whatever, it depends, right? Maybe they, all they're gonna do is just give you the money and they don't wanna do nothing with it. They don't wanna go check on it. They don't wanna do nothing. Maybe they get a smaller portion, right? Um, it, it, you can you can slice the pie any way you want, right? At the beginning, you got to give up most of the pie, right? To get your experience, get your feet wet, and then moving forward, right? Moving forward, you can keep you know a bigger portion of the pie. I'd rather have twenty five percent of a watermelon than hundred percent of a grape, right? So, um, yeah. And then then moving forward, as far as what we did with uh, with the, the projects, um, uh, what I well I did on it, you know, well. You know, we found a deal. Like I put the marketing team together. I put the sales team together. Um, pretty much some of the operations. So we found a deal. Uh, we did the underwriting. We did the due diligence. We we found a loan. We raised the money. Um, we pretty much did everything, 100% of it. So we didn't really have any any other partners except for our investors, right? Um, you know, we had a we had a couple of investors, six or six investors, or so I think six or seven. But um, my partner and I pretty much did everything. Okay, so then what I want to talk about is the two parts that I think people talk about the most, maybe get stuck on the most, is finding deals and raising money, or at least when yeah. people aren't in the business, uh, those those are definitely the most daunting. So let's start with the first one, finding deals. It seems like you have a knack for finding deals. It seems like maybe from what you did with flipping and wholesaling and just that skill set of finding deals, it's translated to this. Maybe not. That's just maybe an assumption. So let's just talk about it. How are you finding deals today? Yeah. So, you know, you always got to think outside the box, right? What, you know, what is, where does everybody else, you know, I don't want to say fail at, but maybe they don't excel at, right? Um, number one is just, you know, being persistent. Right? I, I'm, if I could teach one thing, um, it would be persistence. Actually, Connor told me that my sales, my director of acquisition, that's one of his uh, ex-boss told him like, yes, exactly. That's that exactly. You know, if you can teach something to somebody, right. It would be persistence. Right. So just on a sales, if you just follow up, you know, most of these contracts that we get, we don't talk to the seller today and we have a contract two hours later. Right. We talk to him today. We have a contract next June. Right. Today could be, you know, October, November. Right. And it'll take us six months. You just got to be persistent. You got to be persistent, be a top of mind, text them, send them a letter, um, call them, send them an email, just consistently, right? Every 30 days, every 90 days, whatever you decide to tell them, um, hey, look, hey, Jonathan, hey, look, I know you're not ready to sell right now. You know, I understand that. I appreciate you being honest with me. But with your permission, you know, can I follow up with you every 60 days, right? And you're like, oh, are you asking for my permission? Sure, you can follow up with me. Even if you don't want to, you don't want to be rude, right? And then every 60 days, I'm following up with you, right? I'm sending you an email, I'm calling you, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But you got to do it, right? If you don't do it, you're never going to get those deals. So yeah. actually the biggest thing you need to do is just be persistent, right? Um, you can, you know, we, you know, we get a decent amount of flow from brokers as well, but man, it's tough with the brokers because if you're brand new, they can sniff you out in 30 seconds, right? And 30, they sniff you right out, right? So, you know, you just gotta, you gotta actually, this is what I would do, right? I would call, like, if you're going to invest in North Carolina, right? I would call everybody in Georgia 
and, and screw up, right? Talk to all the brokers there and just, just mess up, right? You, you know, mess up your terminology. You know, you don't even know what the heck you're talking about because that way you're never going to get deals in Georgia anyways because you don't want to buy in Georgia. Once you sharpen up your skills, right, then you come talk to the people in North Carolina because now you got beat up a little bit and uh, you know what you're talking about. And then call the guys in North Carolina. See, That's you got to think that's like, I, I, think I, I had that advice once for somebody talking yeah. about talking to banks, but never yeah. that's a great. Yeah, idea. I mean, it's just, you know, you just got to think outside the box, right? So can you, you call the guys in Raleigh, right? And right off the bat, you don't know what you're talking about, man. You're, you're in the bottom of the list, or you're not even going to get anything, <laughs> right? So, gotcha. um, really good. yeah, so, you know, just, yeah, uh, be persistent. Um, you know, tell, tell everybody, right? Tell everybody you're buying, um, you're buying real estate. You're buying real estate. Look, I was doing single family, so everybody knew I was doing single family. Now you ask everybody, like, man, you're doing, you know, multifamily. Uh, I don't know if I told you, but you know, if I tell everybody I have a third nipple, right? And uh, I know, I don't know. This is uh, 18 and above, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully, I don't lose any of your of your uh, viewers, but uh, this, 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 this is just me, right? Um, uh, I'm not hitting with a suit and tie. Nothing wrong with a suit and tie. But this is the way I do work. But anyways, if I tell everybody, everybody, hey, guys, I got a third nipple. Put it on Facebook. Put it on Instagram. I email it to everybody on my email list. I got a third nipple. I got a third nipple, right? And somebody walks up to you and you're like, hey, Javier. You're like, yeah, yeah, the guy with the third nipple, right? I mean, just tell everybody that you're buying multifamily. Hey, I'm looking for a quad. I'm looking for a quad. I'm looking for a quad. I'm looking for a 10 unit. Just tell everybody you know. I don't know. Tell everybody, mm-hmm. right? That's super easy. doesn't cost any money. Just time and energy. Put it on Facebook, put it on Facebook groups, tell everybody. All right. So let's say that's really good, man. So, and and you don't have to worry, man. No one's judging you for the thing. But um, basically, so let's let's walk through a scenario because I think this is super helpful. This is probably one of the more like tangible sessions that someone has just dove into naturally. So if people know, I love that word. So basically, uh, uh, I'm, I'm getting my word out. I love that, that you're reaching out to brokers in a different state. You're getting your, your experience, you're having conversations and you're doing research. You're starting to now tell everybody you're putting it on Facebook, on bigger pockets. Hey, this is what I'm looking for. And now let's say you start getting deal flow. Okay. So, uh, you get deal flow in and now you think you have a couple deals that might actually be decent, but you, let's say just paint the picture for this person. Maybe they are, I don't know, they've done two or three deals, duplexes, single families, maybe a flip, maybe a wholesale, whatever. But now they have a 12 or 15 unit presented to them, which is funny, man, because taking everything back to the beginning, we're all beginners once, you know, like when you were sitting in that meeting and the, the guy's saying, you got to, he's telling you how many deals he's done, or you thought you had to raise 15 grand and it sounded like a lot. So back to the beginning. So now the beginner listening, they have a deal presented to them. It's maybe a 12 unit deal for them. It feels huge. And now they're wondering, how the hell am I going to take this thing down? I have some money. I don't have that much money. I've never raised money. And now I got what I asked for, but I got a problem now. So what is that person's is go-to? Any advice for that person to raise money now? What, what do they say? Um, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, <laughs> right? The first thing you got to do is punch over, punch you back in the face, right? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Start, just start swinging, right? Start swinging because at least you can, you have a good shot of not getting knocked out. But yeah. um, I mean, right away, right? Just, you just start talking to the folks, the same people. Hopefully by this time, you've already told everybody that, you, that you're looking to buy real estate, right? Hopefully everybody knows. Yeah. So it's not a shock. You, you're not some secret agent, right? You know, you're not CIA, right? You know what I mean? 
you, you, you don't have to be like, you know, now get, don't get me wrong. There's some people you can't share your dreams and your goals with because they're just going to suck it out of you. Right. Um, and that's unfortunate. Right. But um, don't be a secret agent. Right. Hopefully everybody knows now that you got a property under contract. Um, this is what I do. Right. I'd be like, hey, Jonathan. Hey, hey man, I, I know you're respected, well known around the community, around the area. Right. Around uh, all the millennials. Um, look, if you know anybody who's complaining about you know, getting, you know, bad returns on their, on their investments. Look, uh, you know, I'm in real estate. I got this great project. Just, if you can connect me, that'd be great. Right. Just something like that. I'm not really asking you directly. It just depends your personality. Right. I'm not really asking you directly, but if you got money and you want to invest, you're going to say, well, show me the deal. Right. Let me, let me look at it. What do you got? You know, yeah. th that's, that's your way of doing it. Right. Not being so direct or just be direct with some people. Like, Hey, I got a, I got a, you know, I got a property uh, under contract. I'm, I'm looking to close. You know, I need 100K, right? Even if you need 50K, just say 100. Don't say you need 50. Start say high. you need 100. Yeah, yeah, start high, yeah. You might say, hey, I got 20, right? Okay, perfect, you know? So just you start might, high. I want to, not even like, doesn't have to be role play, but I guess just for the person listening and they're like, all right, they're yeah. about to have this conversation with someone. And then let's say it's, it's with someone that has money. They might be good at making it in a different field, but they have nothing to do with real estate. They've never invested in it. So then they come back and say, well, how does it work? How, how are we going to set this up? Am I going to be your partner? Am I your investor? And I'm, I'm only saying it like, let's say yeah. you came to me and said, John, uh, I need 200 grand for this project. And I said, Javier, okay, I got it. But uh, what are, what are we doing here? Is it, am I your partner? Yeah. Am I a limited partner? Yeah, yeah. What are we doing? So, um, you know, hopefully you've already had a conversation with this person about what, what they want to accomplish with their investments. Like they say, Hey, look, I got a, I'm investing in like, hey, what are you investing in now? I'm in mutual funds. Like, oh, okay. You know, I'm in, I'm, you know, I, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm in uh, like, you know, whatever, right. Um, bonds or whatever, right. It's treasury bonds. Like, man, you're yeah. getting garbage. You know what I mean? Yeah. You kind of know he's getting garbage money. So you can come, you can kind of come in and say, Hey, look, I'm just going to give you have a number in mind already. Like, Hey, I can give somebody 10% on their money until they get their money back and a part of the deal, 10% of the deal, 20% of the deal. Right. The safest way to do it. Is not really pay anybody a percentage. The safest way to do it is to partner. Be like, hey guys, look, how about I give you 50% of the deal? I keep 50% of the deal, just being given an example. But if there's no money being made, you don't have to pay any money out. But if there's money being made, that's when you pay money out. That's really safer mm -hmm. um, for the person who's just starting out because if you commit to like a pref return um, and you're not making money, you gotta, you gotta come up with that money because as soon as you start missing those payments, that's not good. Wow. Okay. Got so, it. So just, yeah, I would, no, no, yeah. prep is basically an assumed amount that this person should be getting on this deal. They have the expectation they're going to be getting on this deal. And if they're not. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like you say, I'm going to get 10% interest on my money. I'm going to give you hundred K. Right. So I want my 800 bucks a month, whatever that comes out to. Right. And if you're doing this, you're doing that, you're running low on cash, you don't make that payment. You're struggling. Now we say, Hey, we're 50, 50 on this deal. So if you're negative cash flow for six months, uh, you don't pay me. Right. Yeah. And then we start making money. Hey, look, we made 1200 bucks this month. Okay. Now I get 600. You get 600. Hey, we made $3,000 this month. I get 1500. You get 1500. Hey, the HVAC went out in two units. Hey, we lost, we didn't make, we lost a thousand dollars this month. I get no money. Right. That's super safe. Really, really safe. And it's a huge upside for the investor because we, if you, whenever you sell, you make $200,000 in the deal. I keep a hundred. Right. So just I, I get, I get my money back and I get a hundred. So just in that scenario, let's let's just I want to make it as, as round a number as possible. Let's say let's say yep. it's a million dollar deal. All right. 
And uh, so you need 200, super simple, $200,000 in equity that you're going to bring to the table. So going to that person, uh, let's say, let's say, let's say you didn't have any money and, and you just had the deal and you were going to bring them in to do to 200K down payment potentially, or you needed 200K for, for the raise to do. Uh, how would you structure it with an investor if they were going to bring 200K for the whole down payment and you, you maybe just found the deal and put it together, but you didn't have any money? Yeah. Well, number one is you got to make sure you have a really good deal, yeah. right? So if you got a deal that um, you, you're going to have to sell it in five or seven years, um, you got to calculate, you know, some people, you know, calculate that depreciation, appreciation, raising the rents, mortgage pay down. Yeah. You know, if the rabbits multiply, if the wind blows from east to west, you know, and all this other stuff you got to throw in there and it barely makes like this. 10% cash on cash and 15% IRR. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't do that. Right. Cause everything's got to go perfect. Mm. You really gotta, you gotta have a good deal. Right. Um, it, it all depends honestly on the deal. Right. So um, if you got a good, you know, you can't promise somebody 5% pref or 5% interest on their money or 10% on their money. If the deal is not a good, it's not a good deal. So it's kind of, kind of tough. So let, let, let's assume, right. Let, let's assume it's a, it's a decent deal. And, um, it's cash flowing already, um, and you can afford to tell the guy, hey, look, I can pay you 5% interest and give you 20% of the deal, 50% of the deal, right? Whatever is going to give him a good cash-on-cash cash return once you sell it in five years, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe they get a 10 or 15, between 10 and 15% cash-on-cash cash and like an 18% internal rate of return, right? IRR, 20%. And you can, maybe in one of your other podcasts, if you haven't explained that, you can go in detail on that. Um, but that's kind of a good way to start, right? Um, you don't have to give most of it away. You just kind of start lower where they would get a decent return, you know, and that's not a bad return. Um, so that's how I would structure it, right? If it's not cash flowing, I'm not going to make money for six months, then, you know, don't offer them pref. Just, just do, hey, I'm going to give you higher equity, right? Um, and then when we sell or we refinance or whatever, you, you're going to make your returns. So as long as those returns are always there, you know, you know 12, 13% cash on cash. Some people say eight, you know, some people say 10. It really depends on your investor. You know, if you got somebody who's actively making money with their money, right? Like if you, if you talk to a fix and flip guy who's spending, you know, who's making, you know, 80% of their money on a flip, 50% of the money, they're never going to lend you borrow money for the most part. Maybe not. I don't know. Right. But I wouldn't. Why am I going to let somebody borrow money at 10% when I'm making 80% on it, right? You got to yeah. look for passive investors, busy professionals, people who got extra money sitting around. Totally. So, All right. Um, Last thing, just before we move off the deal, and I want to just wrap up with uh, masterminds and the people you surround yourself with. Just, just again, for the people listening that are thinking, how do I find a deal? I just want to go back. So they got to, they got to talk to brokers. They got to start telling people, are there any marketing strategies that you specifically like? Anything you guys are doing or any lists you're pulling to find deals nationwide? Yeah, I mean, I pull my own lists, but um, yeah, you can just, there's plenty of places you can grab lists, a lot of list companies out there and um, just get phone numbers, call people. Right. We call people and they say, Hey, we get 20 calls a day. Right. You, you got to be that, that 21st call they actually like, or you got them in a bad, in a good mood where a uh, property manager just stole a hundred. They just found out that the property manager stole a hundred K from them in the last three years. Right. That's happened already. Yeah. Like, man, I just found out today that my property manager would be stealing from me. Okay, great. You know, you know, the ups and downs of real estate, you know, I apologize. You know, I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, mm -hmm. how, how would it feel you know, you know, how would your life change if, um, you know, you didn't have to manage this property anymore, right? And you let them tell you your pain points, yeah. right? And then they start pretty much telling your whole life story. Mm -hmm. um, 
so yeah, I mean, just uh, make some phone calls. Uh, you can drive if you're local. You know, buy something local. Drive for dollars. Honestly, I think that's something a lot a lot of people don't do is uh, driving for dollars, especially if you're going to be local. So, so um, real quick on that, what would you do? You're driving for dollars. What are the steps you would take in that? What are the tools you would use? Um, I would just find an area that I like, right? And then I drive around and I look for a property that maybe looks like it hasn't been um, well kept, right? And you can do that. Just drive around. You could yeah. also do that on the tax records or pull a list of everything that's the owner hasn't changed, you know, in 10 years, 20 years, maybe lives out of state. That's the person you want to send a letter to, call them. Yep. So, so then you just go on the tax record or, or you go on like some like deal machine or anything specific? Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of places. There's uh, one's called listsource.com. You can yep. go in there and you can pull all kinds of uh, properties. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Last thing, Javier, you said it a couple of times to start the show, surrounding yourself with the right people and being a part of masterminds and yeah. trainings. It's a hot button topic. I, I like. I want your approach on it because you seem to me a pretty straight shooter, pretty pretty logical thinker. You know, not not too airy fairy. Like you know, with with some people are on all sides of it. But uh, it seems like you had coaching. It seems like you had masterminds, mentorship, or at least training. You didn't jump into this cold and just think you could be. Yep. So, what what's your view on all that? Look, I've probably spent over hundred k easily on on training, right? Yeah. You got some people say, man, I make 40K a year. How the heck am I going to spend 100K in training, right? I, I didn't know. I didn't, you know, if you would have told me five years ago, I would spend 100K in training, I'd tell you you're crazy, right? And uh, it just happened, right? Just because there's places I want to go and um, and be. So you just got to do it. If you don't pay somebody to teach you, you do some research, right? Make sure you find somebody good. Ask around. Um, you're going to pay somebody. You're going to make a mistake. It's going to cost you way more than that. So I, I just got to say that off the bat. Um Number two is hang around with the right people, right? Three, three kinds of people, right? The ones you want to spend more time with, the ones you want to cut out just straight out of your life just right away, and you know who those are, okay? Um, and then you have people you, people you want to spend less time with because you can't cut them out because they have the same last name, and that kind of sucks. You can't, you, can't, you can't just not hang out with them, right? So just don't spend as much time with them. Yeah. Um, and you, know, you got to believe, right? You got people that are going to build you up, believe with you. Look, I have this, I showed you this before the podcast, right? I have this little uh, unicorn cup mm -hmm. and it says on here, I'm going to cry when I read this. It says, uh, be a unicorn in a field of horses. Super corny, man. Like, oh my gosh, that's so corny. And uh, my wife and my daughter are like, yeah, dad, that's so you right there. And um, the, the reason I got that cup is because uh, a little bit about a year ago when I got started, I met with a friend of mine who's a broker here in, in Raleigh and I told him what I wanted to do, right? The kind of projects I wanted to buy, you know, give an example. The one we bought in, in, uh, in, in uh, Havelock, North Carolina, we bought it for 1.3 million. The next day it appraised for 3.5, right? We had like $2.1 million in equity just right away, like off the bat, you know, heck yeah. I was excited about that. Those are the kind of deals that I like. So when I was telling my buddy about the deals that I wanted to buy, just like that, he told me, He's a commercial broker. He's like, man, you're looking for unicorns, you know? And I said, really? I said, have you ever, have you ever gone searching for one? He's like, no. I'm like, how do you know they don't exist? Right? So anyways, that's like my own little thing. So that's why I got my unicorn cup because uh, unicorns do exist if you look for them hard enough. Right? So we bought three unicorns already. We're going to buy two more in the next couple of months. Um, but I lost my train of thought. What was I going with that? Oh, oh uh -huh. coaching and yeah, hanging yeah. out with the right people. Yeah, that's right. There we go. Um, so yeah, hang out with me. Look, my, my friend, the commercial broker, great guy, right? So he, he wasn't putting me down or anything. He's, he's a great guy. He's does some amazing things here in Raleigh, 
Um, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna poke at him forever with, with with that, you know, just because that was somewhat what of a motivation for me, right? Like, yeah, heck yeah, I'm gonna find some unicorns. Um, but hang out with people that are gonna push you forward, right? They're gonna help you out. They're gonna help you grow. Um, especially um, they're gonna stretch you, right? So I'll give you an example. I know you got some beginners here. You know, I'm a big thinker. Um, you know, you got to start somewhere, right? A single family, you got to start with a 10 unit, you know, we're at 343, um, units, right? It's not a lot, you know, just not even anywhere close where I want to be, but, uh, I have a mentor and he asked me, Hey, what do you want to be in 10 years? And then, um, I said, I want to have a billion dollars worth of real estate, right? Um, that was before I partnered up with my partner in Moon. When I talked to Moon, I asked him, Hey, what do you want to be in 10 years? Let's see. We had the same goal. He's like, I want to have a billion. I said, well, I want to have a billion. I don't want to share my billions. I don't want to share my billion. I'm like, wait, it's two billion for in ten years, right? So that was our that was our with our mentor, right? We told him what our goal was, and then I came my very first deal. I came up with I had a sixteen unit in Norfolk. Man, it was a killer deal, like all in at nine hundred k, worth like one point six, one point seven. He looked at me. He said, "Not interested." Like just shut it down right away. I'm like, oh, that hurt my that hurt my feelings, because he knew what the goals and vision was, right? If he knew my goal and vision was hundred units, nothing wrong with that. He would have been like, heck yeah, man, go for it. Sounds like a great deal. I know it's a great deal. But he knew our, you know, our goal is like 25,000 units, right? So he's like, don't buy a 16 unit. You're not going to get there. So you got to have the right coaches with you, right? Because they're going to encourage you to get where you need to get. Everybody's different. Everybody has different goals. Somebody just wants a fourplex, 10 fourplex in Raleigh, right? Or in Durham. That's nothing wrong with that. You just got to connect with the people that uh, are going to help you get there. Right. So yeah. I'm here, man. This has been awesome. I'm really glad we're able to connect and uh, you got a really unique vibe in this space. You are the unicorn among the horses, man. Cause I, I haven't heard people thinking like this. We've had a couple that have done syndication their whole career, but none that have jumped into it as aggressively as you have. So uh, it's awesome. What, what's next for you and what's the best way for people to connect with you? Um, next for us is, uh, we've got a meetup coming up here in Raleigh. You know, I talked about that earlier, uh, yeah. offline. Um, so I'm pretty excited, bring some value. Basically everything people are going to get this meetup, you'll pay 50 K somewhere to learn. Right. And, you know, we're not going to, we're going to just give it away. I might charge like 20 bucks, 30 bucks a month. I don't know yet. Um, it's a cool venue. It's an exotic car club. Um, not even my meetups. I don't think about being ordinary because being ordinary sucks. Mm. Um, I should make, I should make a t-shirt that says that, right. Being ordinary sucks, but anyways, um, venue's cool. It's going to be a great place to hang out. Good place to network. Um, for me, it's just uh, growing my network here locally. I have a great network nationally, but just, uh, um, locally and just keep, keep getting deals. I mean, just keep getting some good projects. Um, you know, just, that's what I got in, in mind right now. All right. Up. That's so. awesome. And, and, uh, what's the best way for people to follow your journey or, uh, or, or connect or, or just see what you're doing. Well, uh, Instagram is my name. Um, I'm probably the only Javier Hinojo there, junior. You'll find me. Uh, same thing with uh, Facebook. I think just my dad and I, mm -hmm. so just connect with me on Facebook, connect with me on uh, social media. If you want to send me an email, it's uh, Javier at ASCGUS.com. I check my email twice a day. Uh, if you find, if you, if you find my phone number, I don't answer it. Uh, I only answer it. I only answer it when I'm driving. Um, so unless I have you saved on my phone, so I, I get some phone calls. Sorry if I don't answer. That's good. Javier, man, this has been awesome. Seriously. Thank you again for coming on. And uh, I'm excited to see what you do in 2020 beyond and watch the journey to get to a billion. So thank you again and best of luck in 2020. Awesome. Thanks.
Hey, you millennial millionaire. Do you want more? Then head to the Millennial Millionaires Through Real Estate Facebook group, where there are tons of step-by-step walkthroughs, tools, templates, and free networking to help you achieve financial freedom through real estate. And if you want Jonathan to help you personally reach your goals, then feel free to set up a one-on-one call in the link below or message him on any social media platform and apply to, well, work with Jonathan.